bitch, I don't care. I'm getting my money back. Fuck the police. Fuck anybody you fucking call. Bitch, I'll fuck your whole fucking life up. I put that on my fucking granny, bitch, and my kids. I bought all that shit. I bought all that, motherfucker. Yeah, I do all every fucking time I gotta do behind that, too. Because I don't give a fuck. Fuck wrong with you. y'all i have not listened to that it was actually a video clip i haven't watched or listened to that in since it happened in 2015 and uh that was a lot i immediately got a feeling of like adrenaline rush like a fight or flight response my palms are sweating my hands are shaking i have like butterflies in my stomach that shit's crazy so i'm not gonna lie to y'all i'm having a drink right now because I knew this was going to kind of be a little bit more of a deep episode. I didn't think it was actually going to trigger a feeling like that, which is really crazy. I thought more like anger, but like I felt like I was in that moment again. That is so trippy, bro. Still shaking. That's crazy. But we're going to get into um, this episode. So it's, I'm starting off a little bit different because this is, this is a little bit different of an episode. But hey, y'all, it's Thursday and this is episode four of Not A Regular Mom Podcast, and I'm your host, Jordan Lee Taylor, and today we are talking about domestic violence. If you don't know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so I wanted to make sure being a survivor, I'm not I'm not a victim, being a survivor of domestic violence, I felt it was very necessary to share my story, and I actually have not shared my story really, like, I mean, I had said some things about it when it first happened, Obviously, I had talked to my friends and family about it, but I had not shared it on a, a larger platform. So you're going to have to bear with me because this is kind of hard. But I'm like, bitch, you're literally sitting here and you're asking other mom moms to share their very deeply personal stories. And it would be very wrong of me if I was not going to do the same. So we're going to share my story. I've actually been a survivor twice now. When I was in high school, unfortunately, I was in a abusive relationship, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above, I guess, not both, all of the above. And um, so I'm going to briefly talk on that and then we will get into the intro of today's episode and we will talk about that as well. So let's get into it. Okay, so this first story, I'm going to keep it real short and sweet so let me get to the end of it type shit because I am trying to keep these episodes around 30 minutes no more than 45 minutes because I could sit here and literally talk to y'all about this shit for over an hour um but right now just starting out trying to gain followers listeners um people like that are not going to want to listen to a random person that they've never met before talk about some random shit right so I try to keep it short and sweet 
on topic, keep it to the point as much as I can. Y'all know I got ADD, but I try to keep it to the point as much as I can. So we're going to talk about my boyfriend in high school. His name was Andrew. Long story short, we met in 10th grade. Um, well, at the very end of 10th grade, we dated through 11th grade and through most of my senior year, part of our relationship was long distance because his mother moved to Arizona to be with a guy and then they ended up moving back to Texas. He was physically abusive towards me several times, even doing it in front of my dad one time where my dad got physically abusive towards him right back. And, um, you know, like it was, it was a lot, but he was a very, um, emotionally abusive, mentally abusive. He's very manipulative. He cheated all the time, did not care about anybody's feelings, but his own, but he was raised horribly. He had a lot of trauma growing up. I'm not making excuses for how he acted and how he treated me. I'm just saying psychologically, it makes sense after knowing all of the shit that he has been through in his life. So, um, yeah, he was abusive towards me. He had drugged me before, um, all kinds of stuff, right? So really, really horrible person. But that was my first introduction into um, domestic violence as a teenager, which is so sad. Um, But it happens a lot. And if you are a mom of a teenager, please make sure that you are checking on your kids because it really happens. I was abused in places where my parents would not see the marks, um, that it was done in a specific manner so that nobody would know it was happening. Um, but yeah, so just check on your, check on your girls. Um, and just, you know, like trust your gut instinct. My mom knew, um, and I lied and I lied and I lied and I covered up for him and, but my mom knew. So trust your gut instincts. If you need to rip their motherfucking clothes off, rip their clothes off, pull their shirts up, pull their pants down and see if they have any signs of abuse. Okay. So that was my first incident. And I said, if this ever happens to me again, I will literally leave the first time it happens. I'm not putting up with this shit for years and years and years. I'm not going through the emotional distress. So that leads us to the second time it happened. So I met a guy when my son was um, a little over a year old. I actually cheated on the guy I was dating at the time with this guy. Uh, He was different. He was very hood as fuck, if you will. Um, He just totally different from the guy that I was dating, like 180 from the guy I was dating. And the guy I was dating was great, wonderful guy. Love him. Still friends to this day. Um, and he does know that I cheated. I did come home immediately and tell him because I felt so guilty. I'd never cheated a day in my life before that. And I felt horrible. And so I told him great guy, literally, he literally handled the the information and the breakup so gracefully because Caden was a part of his life. And he was a part of Caden's life and had been there for over a year and um, literally just amazing. He put Caden first in the situation and I, I, can, I can't thank him enough for that. I swear to God, if my brother's dog barks one more fucking time, I'm going to have me a nice, nice ass little fur slash wool coat for the winter, bitch. I'm a, quit playing with me. Quit fucking playing with me. Anyways, let's get, let's get back to the story. So 
cheat on him with this dude and this dude's name is Travion. Um, for the purposes of the podcast, I am going to refer to him as T because his name and my boyfriend's name right now are very similar. And so we're just going to call him T so it doesn't get confusing for anybody. Um, but T and I, again, we dated on, dated in on and off goddamn for about five years um towards the end of the relationship things did start to get a little bit more serious we ended up getting an apartment together we co-signed on a car together um for him and uh, we had been in our apartment for about two weeks whenever he came home um late one night very upset i don't know what he was upset about i believe he was under the influence of alcohol and ecstasy um because he was really angry, like for no reason angry. And so um, the video clip that you hear is him when he first gets in there. And when I tell you it was like a demon took over him, like he didn't even sound like he sounds like himself now listening to it. But at the time, he didn't sound like himself. But you can hear in his voice, like something is wrong. Like what the fuck is going on, bro? But um, he just scared the fuck out of me and so I started recording it and then shortly after that he told me that he was leaving me and just talking a whole lot of shit like you know I'm not shit I'm ugly I'm this I'm that that's why he cheats on me all the time and I was like great I'm so glad you're leaving let me get up and help you pack so I got up we I start throwing his clothes out of the closet because you're not taking my hangers you got me fucked up and that pissed him off so he pushes me down and as he's pushing me I like I'm grabbing so I don't just like bust my ass and fall And so I grabbed for his shirt. And when I grabbed his shirt, I also got his chain and I broke his chain. And let's be clear, this chain was probably five to ten dollars from Claire's. It was definitely turning his neck green. I was not like breaking a family heirloom or like something that he got from a rapper or something as a gift. Okay, I and I I say that jokingly because he said he was a a part of the badass um, ENT label lo fucking l yes i know please laugh out loud in the car (laughs) haha because it's fucking hilarious but anyways so um that that's what that video clip is of so um okay so after i break his chain that pisses him off even more so he throws me into the bathroom the way our bathroom is set up we have a vanity that's open to our bedroom and then there's a small room that has a toilet and a shower tub combination So he throws me into the bathroom, he hits my face on the toilet, then he throws me into the bathtub, he hits my head on the shower tile, and then he hits my leg on the, um, like, ledge of the bathtub, and I had a bruise on my leg for months, like, I'm not kidding, for months, if not a year after that situation. So we're going back and forth, then he ends up going in my son's room and waking my son up. At the time, Caden is four years old, and um he's very protective of me so he's literally holding on to t's leg and he is punching him in the back of the leg and the butt and he's telling him get off of my mom and so in my mind i see t swinging his arm back and hitting kaden and so i'm like literally so fearful that this is going to happen i'm just like kaden please go get out of here like it's okay mommy's okay like i'm gonna be okay so I finally get away from him and I go into my bedroom. I get my phone. I'm going to call 911. So I'm on my phone about to call 911 and he hits my phone out of my hand and it goes across the room. So I'm on my hands and knees walking around our bedroom looking for my cell phone. Again, there's clothes everywhere because I was throwing clothes out of the closet. He was throwing my clothes everywhere out of retaliation for me throwing his clothes. So there's clothes literally everywhere. My room is a fucking mess on top of the fact that my room's usually a mess. So finally, um, 
find my phone. When I find my phone, he realizes that I have my phone. So he grabs the stuff that he has. He gets his keys, AKA our keys. Cause I just co-signed on this car for him. So he gets the spare key and the regular key and he leaves. Right. So I'm freaking out. Caden's freaking out. I call my best friend and I'm like, dude, can you please come over here? I tell her what happened. I'm like, I need you to lay down with Caden. Like, cause I don't think he's going to be able to go to sleep. I need to call my parents. I need to like collect myself. I need to smoke a fucking cigarette. Cause like what the fuck just happened? So she comes over. I call my dad. I call my brother. They don't answer because it's like three o'clock in the morning. They're asleep. So the next morning, my dad calls me at like 6 a.m. I did not sleep. So I'm like literally answered on first ring. And I'm like, listen, T beat me up last night. Caden was there. I don't think he needs to go to school today, but I need you to come over here. I need you to take me to the police station. I need to go to the hospital and um, we need to take Caden to mom. Um, So he comes and gets me and Caden looks at the house. He's like, what the fuck? He, um, we take Caden back to their house so he can be with my mom and then he takes me to the police station so I file my report with them I do my written report I sign it they take pictures of all of my injuries and they're like you you need to go to the hospital and they're like it's only going to help your situation if you have a report from the hospital so we go to the hospital I have contusions I have um shit bruises cuts marks everywhere I have a severe concussion from my head hitting the toilet and the tile in the bathroom And so then, um, I go home, I get some stuff and I didn't sleep at my apartment for, I didn't sleep at my apartment by myself ever again, actually. Um, I ended up getting out of my apartment lease. Thank God the, the leasing office was so freaking nice. Um, got them the police report and stuff, got to break my lease with no issues. And, um, so yeah, I stayed at my parents' house most of the time. They lived like literally probably five minutes down the street. Wasn't far at all. So I'd stay there all the time. Like if I wanted to go home and like, you know, and do some hood rat shit, I'd do that and then come back, um, get new clothes, whatever the case may be. And I just was not comfortable staying there by myself. I was terrified. If I had friends over, like I'd have friends come over and like, I'd be fine. But if I was there by myself, like it was a new go. So Anyway, so shortly after filing my police report and um, coming home from the hospital, I um, met the detective that was going to be working my case. He was such a fucking nice guy. Anyway, so I had to come in. They took my phone and like literally took everything off my phone, which is hella fucking embarrassing, but took my phone, got all the texts and everything off of my phone. And I am going to read some of the things that he said, and you're going to have to bear with me because he is kind of illiterate. And so I'm going to have a hard time trying to make sense of what he was saying. But here is a post that he made on, let's see if there's a date. This is on Instagram. So I'm not sure that there's a date. Oh, well, I took the screenshot on the 20th. Okay. So it's June 20th. He says, Okay, first and last time, bitch, all these claims that you making because your feelings hurt, no adding up. Why I, why ain't I in jail? I got warrants for other shit and still talk to the laws about your lies and they ain't arrest shit because you a lying bitch with your hurt feelings. You done really told on yourself to people already. That's why my lawyer gonna have a party on your pussy. And that paper you posted, I got the same one with my name on it. If anything you was saying on here was true, why ain't in jail yet? Because I'm still in the same fucking streets. Okay, that was on June 20th. 
He also said a bitch will say anything when you leave them and break their heart. But I got two baby mamas and a lot of other chicks that vouch for me. That ain't me. Okay, June 20th. Okay, right. Why am I not arrested yet? You're lying because I'm not arrested yet. Then boom, he gets arrested. Then he posts, boy, 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 I'm gonna get you with the purple demon smiley face and then he said retaliation is a must because he his ass went to jail and when he went to jail that um detective called me and told me listen um I got your car you can come up here and get this I can't hold it both of y'all's names are on it so if he sends someone up here to get it for him he can do that so I left work immediately I went up there I took it directly to the dealership I said I need to change this key fob because I knew he had both keys. So he had the spare key and the regular key. This was the this was the OG key, okay? So I changed the key fob to where when he tries to open the car, he can't open it. I take the car back to my parents' house. My parents have a fence that like goes all the way around. Like it closes everything in. And so I put the car back there, leave it back there. I don't drive it for about three, four weeks, okay? Then I take the car out for the first time. So he gets arrested like two days after all of this. Then I take the car out for the first time and I go to work and me and my coworker are leaving work to go to lunch and we're getting in my cart and this guy is like working on the landscaping and he is just sitting there staring at us and like he looks like he wants to tell us something and she thought the same thing so she's like I'm about to go ask him what's what's up so she goes over there she speaks Spanish he speaks Spanish she's talking to him and he's like hey basically this big huge guy just came up here and was trying to get in this car like not even 10 minutes ago and she's like what the hell so I'm like ask her to describe him so she describes him and it describes T perfectly so I go into the building because we have cameras and I just thankfully parked directly in front of the camera pull the camera footage there he fucking is so we call the police because at this time we have a protective order in place he's not supposed to be around me and this is breaking protective order so call the police and he's trying to fucking steal the car. Like I changed the locks for a reason. I'm paying the car note. You're not paying the car note. So I'm, it's, I'm going to keep the car. You're not responsible enough to pay the car note and you're not going to ruin my credit. Right? So police come out. This is Plano police. Cause I live in Plano. I lived in Allen when the situation happened. So that's where the investigation is currently being held at. And the Plano police officer is a fucking dick. He's like, I literally don't care. I'm not doing anything about this this has nothing to do with me and I'm like dog what are you talking about there's a protective order in place he came here this is my job he's not supposed to come to my employer at all and he's not supposed to be within so many feet of me what are you talking about just such an asshole so I end up calling the detective and I tell him what's happening and he puts him on the phone or he asked me to put him on the phone so I get the police officer the phone and he ripped him a new one I could literally hear him screaming at him on the phone and the guy's like okay yep you got it so he's like all right well I'm gonna go put it get try to get an arrest so I was like I told him exactly where he lived I'm like this guy said it was 10 minutes ago it took you 10 minutes to get here 20 minutes he's probably back at his house by now so he goes and he gets arrested okay so that's what those post those last two posts were where he said boy 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 um and when he said retaliation is a must because this is his second arrest now so um Anyways, he gets arrested again for breaking protective order. So he has been in total arrested three times and we're getting close to, um, trial date. And this whole entire time I'm being told that Caden is not going to have to testify, um, that they will take a statement from him 
like a, a recorded statement from him and play it in court, but he will not have to physically be in court and testify. Well, we come down to the week of the trial and, um, I'm told that Caden is going to have to testify. And at this time, Caden's five, but he's still young. This has taken a toll on him. He's been in therapy, um, for months now. He's had issues in school with violence. And so I'm just like, no, we're not going to re bring this whole situation up. He is not testifying. Like if I have to drop the charges, I will drop the charges. Like me testifying is one thing. And I didn't even want to have to testify. I didn't want to have to see him look him in the face ever again. But I'm like, not my kid. He's a kid. This is, this should be like, there, there's something wrong here. And they're like, but he's an eyewitness. That's why they need him to testify. So we're getting closer to trial. We're days away and I get a call and they tell me that he has just pleaded guilty to all charges. So he's pled guilty to assault. He's pled guilty to interfering with a 911 phone call. And he's pled guilty to the protective order, breaking the protective order, um, two times. And so they're like, so it's done. You're done. Um, he ended up spending a little bit more time in jail and then that was that and it was over. But, um, we had a protective order for another two or three years after that. And, um, I never saw him. I actually saw him recently, like within the last two years for the first time I was at a bar with my boyfriend and all of our friends, we were celebrating two of our friends' birthdays. And, um, he walked in and I've always been terrified of seeing him again, because again, like he said, retaliation is a must. And that's the type of person that he was. I've seen this man pistol whip people. I've seen him beat the hell out of people. In fact, in all of this, all these videos and pictures and stuff, I have a screenshot from someone. I don't know who this was. It said, no, I don't know. LOL, bro. I had to stop T Wiley from fighting and shooting blank last night, shaking my damn head like a violent person, right? So I was always terrified to run into him again. I was so thankful that I was with my boyfriend and I was with all of her friends because he definitely wasn't going to do nothing to me then. So, um, but it was fine. Like it really was fine. It was like, I kind of hyped it up in my head that when I saw him, it was going to be way worse than what it was. Like his friend actually pulled me aside and was like, Hey, like he's acknowledges what he did was wrong. He apologizes. He hopes that y'all can move on past us and be friends again. And we will never, (laughs) we will fucking never ever in my life. Um, I lost so many friends because his name held weight. Okay. At the time his name held weight. People really respected him. I don't know why, but they did. And, um, I think it was because he had told people like he was affiliated with Boosie and Trillian T and Webby and all that. And like, that was all lies. That was all lies. If you believe that or still to this day believe that, that was not true. Come on, y'all. But y'all believe that shit just like y'all believed him when he said I was making this shit up when he said I was putting makeup on my face and putting makeup on my legs and making it look like I had bruises and people believe this shit and like I was treated horribly like I was treated horribly I was treated like Amber Geiger and Amber Geiger was lying and I wasn't like so it was just like I hate him because I lost a lot of friends and fuck them hoes fuck everybody that I lost at that time in my life because you weren't shit if you knew me and my character and you thought I would lie about some shit like that that's what's crazy to me but I lost a lot of friends and so it's forever fuck T it's forever fuck him it's forever fuck everybody that I lost along the way but here I am I'm I'm doing amazing I'm thriving I um couldn't have imagined that I'd be where I'm at right now when I was there back then 
but here I am and I'm so thankful for it. So I'm, I'm just here to tell you like you can get out. Like I had an amazing support system. I had the best family in the fucking world. I had a few great, wonderful fucking friends and I was able to get out. He didn't have control over my finances like some people do where they, they're not working so they have no way of getting out. But just know you can. There are resources for you out there. Um, and you can get out. So if you are a victim of domestic violence or you are in a situation where your family, like you're, you're, you're a child of a um, victim of domestic violence, please reach out to me. Um, I would be happy to help you as much as I can to try to find some resources to help you get out of this situation. But you can get out. You can thrive. You can do amazing. You can live a normal life after all of this happens and like I said I hadn't I hadn't listened to that video of him in years since 2015 I had not listened to that and it definitely still brought up feelings it definitely still triggered emotions in me but I don't think about it on a daily basis and there was a time in my life where I thought I would never get a night's sleep without having a nightmare about it I would never go a day with where I didn't think about it. I really truly thought that it would be on my mind forever and being scared coming home in the middle of the night and hearing like a fucking rabbit running through the damn bushes and I think it's somebody in the bushes about to attack me, right? Like always looking over my shoulder, but I don't have to live like that anymore. It's it's gone finally. And I have found a wonderful man and the rest is history. We've been together for 4 years now and I just am so thankful for Trey. I'm so thankful for um like the love that he shows me and the dedication to our relationship that he has. Um, this is something I've never ever experienced before in a relationship. Um, that's how I, I know he's the one, like we are going to get married. We will be together for the rest of our lives. Um, just because of the bond that we share and because of the way that he treats me, like he, I don't ever have to worry about him raising a hand at me. We obviously argue and shit, but he doesn't call me a bitch and he doesn't sit there and call me a whore and tell me I'm ugly and call me out of my name. When we argue, it's about something serious and he doesn't try to hurt me. He doesn't try to belittle me or knock me down or make me feel less than where that's what I've experienced in all my past relationships. So if you're going through something like that, that's not normal. That's not how you should be treated. Um... And, and it's, it's time to reevaluate those things and look within and think, cause it only gets worse. I'm telling you, like you think they would never do it and they do. We were together for me and T were together for five years on and off. And I never, ever thought he would hit me and he did. So just when you start seeing the signs, when you start seeing the red flags, I know love is blind. I understand, but you have to to try to get yourself out of those situations especially if you have kiddos that are looking up to you like your kids need to see healthy relationships so that they can grow up and emulate that in their life like when kids see horrible relationships unhealthy relationships growing up they typically grow up and get in the same type of unhealthy relationships themselves so 
just think about yourself think about your kids put yourself first fuck that man if he is not treating you right get the fuck up out of there i'm telling you there's going to be someone amazing out there for you be open-minded me and trey are seven years apart i am seven years older and so be open-minded you never fucking know but it works perfect i love our fucking life i love our relationship and um i can't wait to see where it goes in the next four years but yeah so that's my story about domestic violence and um my experience with it and again I don't call myself a victim I call myself a survivor I got out of it I don't think the victim mindset is anything that I want to personally have um but yeah I'm good now I'm, I'm great now and I'm thankful for the lessons that I learned from that situation I wish I personally would have never had to go through any of that I wish my son wouldn't have to have had to have gone through any of that but we did and we're here now it's made our bond stronger we did therapy together and separately for a year after the situation um shout out to the child advocacy center in plano they're amazing amazing human beings i cannot thank them enough for everything that they did for us afterwards um but yeah so if you are struggling um or someone that you love is struggling in a relationship and it is physically abusive, emotionally, verbally, um, mentally, all of those things are domestic violence, even though most states unfortunately do not consider anything other than physical abuse, domestic violence. It is, it's all abuse, it's all domestic violence. And um, if you or someone you love is in that situation and you need to get out, Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is a 24-7 hotline at 800-799-7233. Again, that's 800-799-7233. You can also text START, that's S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. Again, START to 88788. You can also visit their website at thehotline.org. Um, And then if you're in the Dallas area, there's lots of different um, DV shelters for women and children. Um, But I know that I have people listening all over. So if you just do a quick Google search, uh, you can find some different places, call around, see who has availability. But yes, please, 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 please seek out all of these resources that you can help yourself get in the position where you and your kids can get out of this situation and give them a better life I promise you even though it feels like it will never end and you'll never get out of it or things will never get better they will I am a living testimony of that that they will so I really appreciate y'all listening to my story today. Sorry, this was kind of a Debbie Downer of an episode. It wasn't really a funny episode, but it was something that definitely needed to be talked about. And I wanted to bring awareness to my story during the month of October, which is, again, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But yeah, anyways, so thank y'all. I truly appreciate y'all listening to this. And then next week, we have our episode with Alex Craft, Bad Moms Club. I'm super excited for that episode. If you haven't already listened to the first episode of this podcast, it's titled Baby Mama Drama, where I talk about my baby daddy's other baby mama in our relationship together. That is Alex Kraft, and she's going to be my first guest on the Bad Moms Club um, segment. So I'm really excited for that. So we will see y'all here, me and Alex, next Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You already know what it is and drop that motherfucking beat. (laughs) 